0: So what we're going to do throughout uh, December is just take a look at four of the most beloved Christmas carols and see how much gospel, how much of the good news of Jesus Christ is contained in these beloved uh, carols. And so as we've just sung today, we're looking at O come all ye faithful. And I know we just sang it, but uh, I want to at least highlight some of the words from this song again as I enter into the message. O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the King of angels. Sing choirs of angels. Sing in exaltation. O sing all ye citizens of heaven above. Glory to God. Glory in the highest, yea, Lord, we greet Thee, born this happy morning, Jesus to thee be all glory given, Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing, O come, let us adore Him, O come, let us adore Him, O come, let us adore Him, Christ the Lord. The entire carol is great and just filled with good truth, but the lines that I want to focus our attention on today. Are yea, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning, Jesus, to thee be all glory given. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. This uh, beautiful and well loved Christmas carol echoes the opening chapter of the Gospel of John, which is one of the most beautiful writings known to man, uh, both for the quality of the writing and for the truth that is contained in the writing. And I want to read six verses from the first chapter of the Gospel of John, uh, verses 1 through 4, 14 and 18. They should be on the screen uh, behind me, and here's what they say. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all Mankind, skipping down to verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. And then skipping down to verse 18, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the father has made him known. The carol refers to the day of Jesus' birth as a happy morning. And I know that the holiday season is difficult for uh, a lot of people, and our hearts go out for all uh, of whom that is true. Uh, Really, if you think about it, it's true for all of us to varying degrees. We have all lost someone we love, and the memory of them and the loss of them can sometimes be rather difficult uh, during the holiday season, especially during the Christmas season. But Christmas morning remains for millions upon millions of people. And in spite of the, the cloud that sometimes will hover over even the most festive occasions, Christmas morning remains a happy morning. Even in our pain, most of us can still appreciate the happiness that Christmas brings. Uh, for children, the happiness is often centered on the presents. Have you noticed that kids who 364 days of the year will not hardly get out of bed, and when they do, they're extremely grumpy, on Christmas morning, they get out of bed very early and very happy. Have you, have you noticed this? They, they wake up quickly. They are anticipating the presents. It is a happy, exciting morning for them. And then for adults, the happiness is usually less about receiving the presents, and it's more about the joy that we adults take in watching our kids and grandkids uh, experience joy at the gifts that we have given them. It, at least it's preferable when for adults, that's where most of the happiness is. Uh, when, the, when, when the adult is, you know, like acting like the child, it's, it's weird. So uh, anyway... By the way, my Christmas list this year includes socks, so that's why I'm not going to be all that excited coming Christmas. <laughs> There's happiness on Christmas morning because most of us get to be off work, and even though there is work associated with Christmas, you know, the gifts and the meals and the cleanup, it's usually joyful work, and it's, and it's work that we can do at a, a fairly relaxing pace, I say, as Probably most of the ladies are inwardly booing uh, at that comment. <laughs> even in a culture torn by divisions, uh, the lead up to Christmas seems to uh, just just bring about a lot of increased uh, cheer. People seem a little friendlier in the stores. at least it seems that way to me maybe maybe i 've just lucked out with the people i 've been interacting with lately but But everybody just seems to be a little happier. We experience happiness from long practice. Christmas traditions, maybe one of your traditions is uh, watching a Charlie Brown Christmas as a family. How how many of you have that uh, tradition? A few of you. Uh, Michelle is trying to enforce that tradition in our household, and uh, four of us live there, and three of us don't want that tradition. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, uh, Maybe it's a Christmas story for you that you like to watch, or it's a wonderful life. Um... You know, just all these traditions that are so uh, so much fun. But the carol doesn't refer to Christmas as a happy morning for any of those reasons. It calls Christmas a happy morning for the reason that matters. And for the reason that really ought to dominate our thoughts as we approach Christmas and as we awake on Christmas morning. It's a happy morning because it's the day that we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. The carol references joyful and triumphant celebration. It references choirs singing in exaltation. All of this happiness, all of this joy and singing is not because of any of the trappings that we have placed around Christmas. It's all because of the birth of Jesus Christ. And one of my prayers for all of us this Christmas is that while we're enjoying all the trappings of Christmas, and there is nothing wrong with that, the gifts, the traditions, the food, the time off work, that the real cause of our joy and our happiness would be remembering and celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. Both this beloved Carol and the writings of John tell us what makes Christ's birth such a happy morning, such a cause for joy, and such a cause for celebration. There's one line in the song that by itself gives us all the reason we need Uh, To know why this is such a happy morning, and it's the line Word of the Father now in flesh appearing. Word of the Father. What does the Gospel of John tell us? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. And one of the most interesting uh, formulations of a sentence in the whole Bible. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. This tells us a lot of stuff. The one called the Word did not have a beginning but had existed from all eternity. The one called the Word was with God forever. The one called the Word was not just with God forever, but he was with God, meaning he had a distinct personality. He wasn't just an idea or a thought or some vague example, but an actual person. The one called the Word has always existed, was with God, and the one called the Word actually was and is God. He wasn't only with God, he didn't just hang out with God, but he himself was God. We find the one called the Word created everything that exists. He was not himself a created being, but instead he was the creator of all things. If something was made, he's the one that made it. We find out that in him the Word was life. He is the source of all life. He's the source of physical life, and he's the source of what we call abundant life, true life, the life that is really life, meaning the Kind of life that God intended for people to live, life in relationship with Him. And so the cause of our happiness is centered on this one who was in the beginning with God and who is God, who created all things and who is the source of life. But the carol doesn't just celebrate the knowledge of who the Word is. The carol says, Word of the Father now in flesh appearing. Verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Verse 18, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the father has made him known. If it wasn't already clear to us from the early part of John chapter 1, verses 14 and 18, let us know that the Word is the Son. The Word that John references is Jesus. The Word of the Father is the Son of the Father. It is Jesus who is the Word that was from the beginning and is God. It is through Jesus that all things were made. It is Jesus who is The source of life. The Word is the Son. The Word is Jesus. And it is the eternally existent Jesus who is now in flesh appearing. Christmas is called a happy morning. Not just because of the revelation of the greatness of the Word... The revelation of the greatness of who Jesus is, such a revelation of God, is certainly cause for happiness, but it's a happy morning because this eternally existent one became flesh and came and dwelled among us. This eternal God, the Son, who has always existed with God and who is God, took on human flesh and came and walked among us, became one of us. And verse 18 tells us why this is such a fantastic thing. It tells us what, cause, uh, what, what makes this such a cause of happiness. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is Himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made Him known. I don't know about you, and I'll do the confessing here today. I won't make you do the confessing, but an eternally existent, invisible spirit is difficult for me to understand. Maybe I'm just dim I can still believe there's a God. I mean, the heavens declare; they scream at us that there's a God. All we know from scientific discovery screams at us that the universe has a designer, the universe has a creator. I can believe in an eternally existent invisible God, but without something to see, without some way to understand God, I'm just being honest, for myself, I think I would struggle to move much beyond just an intellectual affirmation that there's a God. I would struggle to trust my life to and develop a relationship with God in those circumstances. If you wouldn't, great for you. You might be a better person than me, but I'm just telling you how I think I would struggle. And I think we see even in the Old Testament that God often had to reveal himself to people in tangible, visible ways for them to begin to understand him enough to do what he was telling them to do. And so he'd do things like appear to Moses in a burning bush. He'd do things like appear as a pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire. Many believe that the heroes of the Old Testament like Gideon, when they encountered what was called the angel of the Lord, many believe that what they were actually encountering was a pre-incarnate Christ. And so for people like me, the slower ones who can't, grasp an eternally existent, invisible God, Jesus took on human flesh, was born of a woman, so that people who had never seen God could now see God and know what he's like. The one and only Son, verse 18 says, by becoming flesh has made God known. You want to know what God is like? Look at Jesus, He perfectly reveals who God is. He perfectly reveals what God is like. So much so that Jesus could say to his disciples, when you have seen me, you've seen the Father. It's an amazing declaration of Jesus. Not just when you've seen me, you've seen the Son. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You've seen God. Jesus has been called God with skin on. And what does Jesus reveal to us about what God is like? Like, well, can't really do that question justice today, but we can say a few things. Jesus reveals to us that God is a gracious and loving God. Jesus reveals to us that God is uniquely concerned with people who understand how far they are from what he created them to be. They understand how much damage sin has done to them and how broken they are as a result of sin. Jesus reveals to us the people whose society looks down on and avoids, God loves and embraces. Jesus reveals to us that God loves us so much that he was willing to send what the Bible refers to as his one and only son to live a sinless life, to die a substitutionary death on the cross, paying the penalty of our sins, and then to rise to life again, assuring us that the penalty of our sin has been fully paid and we can be saved from our debt of sin by simply trusting in what Jesus has done. It's no wonder that Jesus is called the Word because it is through Jesus that God communicates to us what he's like, how he loves us, and what he's done for us. It is through Jesus that God makes himself known to a bunch of people who needed a God with skin on to better understand and to better trust. William MacDonald writes, by coming into the world Christ has perfectly perfectly revealed to us what God is like. By dying for us on the cross, he has told us how much God loves us. Thus Christ is God's living word to man, the expression of God's thoughts. The carol says, "Yea, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning." Imagine yourself without the knowledge about God that you have today. Imagine yourself still living in a world where Jesus has not come in the flesh. All you know about God is what has been revealed to you through creation and the God-inspired writings of prophets and political leaders, but God has not come in the flesh. And then imagine yourself receiving an announcement, and you believe the announcement Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. He is Messiah. He is God. You think you'd want to go take a look? Maybe not. Seems like maybe you wouldn't. Would you want to go take a look? I'd think you'd want to. Imagine you're living in a world that Christ hasn't visited yet. And what you know about God is that he's an eternally existent, invisible spirit. And then you pass your local movie theater and on the marquee it says, God, now in flesh appearing. Think you'd want to go and see what was happening in that movie theater? I think think we would. This is what Jesus has done for us. This is at the heart of Christmas. God is in flesh appearing. Jesus is God with skin on so that we can understand God better and trust him more. And today, 2,000 years since Jesus physically walked the earth, we're still able to see him in the pages of Scripture, which are eyewitness accounts of what he was like, what he said, and what he did. I've told a number of people over the years who struggled with some of the really big questions, you know, questions like, how can there be an eternally existent God? But also they understood that it really didn't help their dilemma if he hadn't eternally existed, because then what? (laughs) What was there then? You know, it's like we struggle with uh, the idea of existence, but we're all here, so now we can't comprehend nothingness either. And so it's like... What, what do I do before my head explodes? Well, here's what you do. And this is the advice that I've always given them is don't get bogged down in the unanswerable questions. Focus on Jesus. Look at Jesus. Focus your search for truth and meaning and understanding on Jesus. This is why he came to reveal to us what God is like. And even though there are still uh, answers that we will not have until Christ returns and we know even as we are known, Jesus reveals to us everything we need to know about God in order to be reconciled to him, in order to trust our lives to him, in order to have peace as we go through life, including peace about those unanswerable questions. And Jesus has revealed everything that we need to then be able to live eternally with God at which point I'm at least hoping that we will get the answers to some of those questions that stump us now. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and grace and truth when we consider who jesus is the eternal word who was with god and is god the creator of all things the source of life the one who is full of grace and truth the one who makes the invisible god known to us it's no wonder that this beautiful carol includes this phrase jesus to thee be all glory given Because of who he is, because of what he's done, appearing in flesh to reveal God to us, he is worthy of our exaltation, he is worthy of our praise. And so the song says, O come, let us adore him, O come, let us adore him, O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Why don't you stand